following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. Chuck brought this mantle and he talked about us being in the timing of God. And uh, I didn't look at it, it's all clocks. And I didn't realize it until I looked at it, but every clock's the same time. 1010. And if you'll remember, a couple, three months ago, I released a word about now is the time. And the clock the Lord showed me was 1010. Now, how does that work? How does the Lord tell Chuck to get a mantle with clocks that say 1010 on it? And we've been prophesying that now is the time. And 1010 was the clock God showed us to begin to release this, this message. You say, well, what does that mean to us? Well, I believe the Lord, uh, well, I don't believe. I mean, I know the Lord woke me up at 1 o'clock. So <laughs> sometimes it's good morning, Lord. Other times, good Lord morning. But the Lord woke me up, and I got a message. I believe God wants to talk to us about harvest, but the Lord just actually gave me a whole other download that I had to kind of get ready for you this morning. But I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you what time it is. Matthew 16 says we know how to tell when it's going to rain and when the winds blow out of the west and when the winds blow out of the south. We know what kind of weather that's going to determine that we have. But we've got to understand what time it is spiritually. See, if you don't understand what time it is, you might be praying the wrong prayers, believing for the wrong things, and acting in the wrong way. But I'm here to tell you it's harvest time. So touch three people and tell them, get ready, it's harvest time. Let me get us started, and I won't be long. Galatians 6, 9. Here we go. You ready? Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season. Somebody shout, due season. In due season, we shall reap if we don't lose heart. That word, due season, is an interesting word. It's a word that means that season, appointed time, kairos, time. That word due season is a word kairos time. What does kairos mean? Kairos is when divine favor and divine opportunity all of a sudden connect with divine preparation. And what results is an exponential something occurring that could have never occurred before. So what happens? We're just going along in chronos time, day after day, getting up, going to work, planting our seeds, Praying for the move of God. And we're just moving down the road in chronos time. And we don't realize it, but what happens is in chronos time, we're just kind of trucking on down the road. And time just seems to be taking us. And some of us are being taught patience. Some of us are being taught other things. And we're just moving in chronos time. And all of a sudden, without realizing it, we're headed to a moment. So what happens is if you don't realize this, you're just going to keep on moving in, 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 in chronos time thinking it's just another day, it's just another church service, it's just another moment in time, it's just another February, it's just another week, it's just another Valentine's Day, it's just another Passover coming and miss a kairos time when God is ready to do something significant. Jesus said, be careful, don't miss it. Now, I want to encourage you today that I believe God has prepared you for this moment. 
God has prepared our church. How many of you have been going to this church for over 10 years? Wave at me. A bunch of us have been here for a decade. How many have been to hell and back? <laughs> Welcome to Word of Life. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you why. Because we're not a normal church. There's a divine destiny on us. There's a purpose on her, bigger than, bigger than a local church, bigger than what we're... There's something that God, by his sovereignty, put on us to accomplish that will affect the state of Alabama and, yes, the nation and even the world that's been prophesied to us. Therefore, a lot of preparation has gone into getting us ready for what God is about to do. Psalm 66, 10 through 12. Here we go. For you, O oh God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. You caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and we went through the water. But you brought us out. I said you brought us out. I'll say it again. You brought us out to a place of rich fulfillment. Holy Spirit told me this morning, he said, Kent, you know how, you know how to know when I'm not done with you? I said, how's that? He said, when you're not fulfilled. How many of you here not fulfilled yet? God hadn't done everything he's going to do yet. God hadn't showed you every, God hadn't, hadn't fulfilled every promise that he's given you yet. God is bringing us out to a place of rich fulfillment. But this season, this decade that we've been in has been a season to prepare us for this harvest season that we now have entered into. Let's look at it really quick. Number one, you've tested us. Anybody here felt tested? Man, I'm at the right crowd this morning. Job 23, 8 through 10 says, When he works on the left hand, I can't behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. But he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Job said, I've been in a season where I went this way and I couldn't find God. Went this way and couldn't find him there. God promised me this, but he didn't show up there. So I looked for him here, I looked for him there, and it seems like everywhere I looked, everything I touched, it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. But here's what I realized. When I have been tested, when I have been tested, I will come out on the other side, and it will be like gold. God doesn't test us if he hadn't got us prepared for something. God wouldn't have tested you if you hadn't got something for you to do. See, testing is never about what you've done. Testing is about what you're supposed to do. And God has tested us. God has put us through some seasons of testing. See whether we'd hang on to the promises of God or not. Continue to contend for the promises of God. And so we've been through that interesting season. But not only has he tested us, it says he has refined us. Somebody shout refined. He's refined us as silver is refined. Look at Zechariah 13, 9. I will bring the one-third through the fire. I will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. 
They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people. And each one will say, this is my God. How silver refined? Silver is put into a pot because it's mixed and they cut the fire up. And the refiner sits over it and he looks into it and the dross rises to the top and he takes a spoon. As the dross rises, he takes the spoon and spoons off the dross that's coming up out of the silver. And so the, more the, the hotter the fire gets, the more dross rises to the top. Anybody feel like God's been bringing some things up and out of you in a season? How many of you didn't even know you had some of them things in you on that? So God's put us in a testing pot over the fire, and he's let the dross come to the top, not to destroy us, but to refine us. And so as that dross comes off the top, God, the, the refiner just ladles it off, and he just keeps turning up the fire and ladling off the dross until the way the refiner knows the silver is ready is when he can see his reflection in the pot. Some of you look like a lot more like Jesus than you did 10 years ago. Touch your neighbor, tell him you look like a lot more like Jesus than you used to look. Why? We've been refined. We've been in a refiner's fire. But not only that, it says he brought us into a net. What does that mean? Brought us into a net. See, there's a difference between bondage and captivity. Bondage is from the enemy. God will put you in captivity. He'll put you somewhere that you can't get out of so that you can't get ahead of him. He'll put you in a place, even though there's a big old promise over your life and big old blessing waiting on your life, he'll put you in a place and hold you there until his timing is ready. Psalm 105, 17 through 19, check this verse out. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They put his feet with fetters. One translation, tied him up with a net. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. So what happened? God put a promise on a man named Joseph. Showed him that your family will bow down for you and you'll you'll live in a place of great authority. Next thing you know, he winds up in a pit. P-I-T, prophet in training. (laughs) Then he makes his way from the pit. Finally escapes that, winds up in Potiphar's house. And then he's falsely accused. Goes from being falsely accused and winds up in prison. Now, what's exciting about God to me is though even in captivity, you're blessed. Because everywhere Joseph went, he was blessed. He was blessed in the pit. He was blessed at Potiphar's house. He was blessed. So it's not like we hadn't been blessed. But how many of you know that there's a place that God wants to take us to that's more than just being blessed? And that's fulfilling our destiny. That's walking in our purpose. And so this big old promise was on Joseph, but it said he held his feet with fetters. In other words, he couldn't get himself out. If God's got a big old promise on your life, he'll put you in a place that you have no way out yourself. And he will hold your feet there and just try you with the promise. 
So he's got this promise of who you are and what you're called to do and how big a blessing and what significant life you're going to live. And you just have to stand there with none of it being fulfilled. Watching other people get in their destiny. Watching other people prosper. Watching other people move forward. Watching other people move in their destiny. And you're just held there. And you try to move and you can't move. And you try to make it happen and it can't happen. Why? The word of the Lord is trying you. Why? Because your purpose is so much bigger and your destiny is so much greater than our character can contain at this moment. So God... Joseph was his God's dream for Joseph was to rule the nation of Egypt. So God had to hold him and try him till he got the job done in Joseph. He put our feet in the net. We've tried things in our church that other churches have succeeded at. We've done programs here that other churches have done and succeeded at. Does that mean they're better than us? Does that mean they're sharper than us? Probably sharper. But does that mean they're... No. What does it mean? It's That's not our purpose. So God's put these big old promises on us like crazy things like there's going to be a move of God here that Pensacola will pale in comparison and there's going to be a move of God here where a whole state will be saved and baptized and there's, there's going to be a promise where whatever happens in Alabama will actually affect the nation of America so God has had to put us in a net and hold us and try us but I'm here to prophesy he's about to bring us out My God. My God, isn't it good? (laughs) Why is it good? It's real. You've laid affliction on our backs. Well, man, they wanted that one known. We we highlighted this one. Bold, loud. You laid affliction on our backs. That word affliction means pressure, distress, tribulation. Anybody here had any trouble? Anybody here had any pressure? Anybody here had any distress or tribulation? You know what the word tribulation means? It means taking a stack of loose papers and getting them in order and pressing them down to where there's no possibility of one sheet moving. Has anybody here felt like God's hand has just been on you to the place? There's only one scripture that I don't believe. I believe it all. Except one. I'll never put more on you than you're able to bear. Because swear to God, it felt like some days I can't bear another day. Good news is you've been through distress. You've been through pressure. You've been through tribulation. And we're still here. 
Come on now. Woo! Somebody shout, I'm still here. <laughs> this should, Chris, stand up. This is Chris Howard. I just met him Sunday. Him and his wife, Rochelle, they were preaching down in Talladega, Darius Williams. And he's, he's been coming to church here since November. I didn't even know it. And he's a prophet of God. He prophesied to me. He didn't know me at Darius. He prophesied to me. He said, Kent, the test is going to be worth it. I want you to touch four people according to that prophetic word and say, whatever test you've been through, it's going to be worth it. Touch three more people. Tell them it's going to be worth it. Oh, hallelujah. You cause men to ride over our heads. Isaiah 51, 23, but I will put it into the hand of those who afflict you, who have said you lie down, that we can walk on you. That's what that means. Men ride over your heads means God let people walk on you. God's let people walk over you, walk on you, lie about you. Talk about you, mock and even ridicule some of you. Ridiculed your faith, ridiculed your belief, ridiculed you that in the midst of the trial that you're going through, that you dare to keep believing that God's going to do what He says He's going to do. Somebody came to me recently and said, Who do you think you are that you're going to change the world? I said, Who do you think you are that I'm not? Why, why do you just have to keep believing for such big things? Why can't you just do normal things? I said, I wasn't created to do normal things. I wasn't created to do normal. I don't like doing normal. I don't like being average. Average, you're just as close to the bottom as you are the top. We were not created to do normal things. God is going to do extraordinary things in our life and through our life. Men riding over your heads. Men saying you're going to fail. Why do, why, do men, why, do, why do men do that? Because they're men. Because they want to live a normal life and they don't want anybody else to live an extraordinary life. Why do you go to that church all the time? Y'all down there rad, raising your hands and. Come on. Men riding over our heads. Betrayal. Disappointment. Disillusionment. I'm sure everybody in here has had some kind of point of that. Men have disappointed you. I think some of it is God just does it so that we don't trust man. Not saying we don't love man, 
But Psalm 118 says it's better to trust in the Lord than put our trust in man. Some of you have been used. And it could have made us bitter. But it's just made us better. I'm sure many of us have an opportunity to pick up an offense, hold bitterness in our heart. But isn't it interesting that God put this down toward the end? Because <laughs> after you've been tested, refined, bought into the net, laid affliction, when men start riding every headed. <laughs> See, I believe God's got a people, we've just been through so much, it just don't matter. Am I talking to anybody that's been through something? <laughs> Lastly, we've been through the fire and we've been through the water. Storms. Storms. We've weathered some storms. See, there's three storms I read about in the Bible. One, Jesus rebuked, went away. One, Peter walked on. But then there was a third one, Paul. He rebuked it and it didn't buke. He got out there and tried to walk on it and sank. And God said, there's a piece of wood, just grab hold of it, and eventually you'll make sure. See, some storms we rebuke. Sometimes we walk on by faith. Others, we just grab a hold of a piece of wood. What's that? The cross. If God's not delivering you out of the storm, that's because God's delivering you from a storm that's inside of you. Isaiah 43 says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. You've caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire, and we've gone through the water. But you brought us out. You brought us out to a place of rich fulfillment. It's going to be worth it. We're going to change the state. Alabama. Is going to be saved. The whole state. Not just churches. The whole state of Alabama is going to be saved. Systemic poverty is going to be eliminated from the state of Alabama. The back of racism is being snapped off the state of Alabama. 
ignorance is being driven out of our state. The glory of God is coming to the state of Alabama. And he put us right in the middle of it. That's why we've been through so much. A whole state's dependent on us. Chuck prophesied a nation is dependent on us to step into our calling and our purpose and our destiny. I just want to encourage you today. Harvest is here. Payday is here. Just like there's wages for sin, there's wages for righteousness. God will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, he's going to reap. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.